So this morning we're thinking about joy. Something that might surprise some people is that God wants us to be joyful. That's not always how people see God. They think God's dying on them. They're constantly watching them, tutting every time they get something wrong. Uh, finger hovering dangerously over the smite button. And let's be honest, it's not always the first word that springs to mind when you meet people who claim to have a faith in Jesus. Sometimes we can seem a fairly stern, solemn, serious bunch. And in fairness, it's kind of always been that way. One of the things that Jesus was accused of was enjoying himself too much. Jesus seemed to like a party. And we know this because one time he challenged his critics. He, said, he effectively said, what do you people want? John the Baptist was all austere, serious. He didn't party and celebrate. And you moaned about him. Now here I am, and I'm behaving in pretty much the opposite way, and you complain about that. I wish you'd make up your minds. And over and over again, when Jesus spoke about God, his stories included feasts and celebrations. The God we encountered in Jesus seemed very keen on joy and celebration. Jesus was someone who enjoyed life he found joy in life he brought joy to other people now i recognize that not everything can be jokey laugh a minute and although i started with a story of loud exuberant joy not all joy as we'll see later need be like that sometimes joy even great joy can be quiet but when we are living in the kind of relationship with God that Jesus came to bring us, and when the Spirit is at work in us, joy should be something that is characteristic of our lives. But I want to highlight precisely what we're talking about when we talk about joy. Because joy is often tied up with another word, and they are linked, but they're not the same thing. And that word is happiness. Joy is deeper than happiness. Marilyn McIntyre says, joy isn't an emotion. It's a way of knowing. Knowing what, you might ask? Well, in what's still the best definition of joy I've ever heard, the American Catholic writer Mike Schmitz gives us the answer. True joy is knowing that we are known by God, loved by God, and always with God. I'll repeat that. True joy is knowing that we are known by God, loved by God, and always with God. That's why I come back to the spectrum. For joy starts with the knowledge that we are deeply loved by one who can be trusted whatever the circumstances we find ourselves in. You are loved with a love that will never be removed from you. But there are a few things that can help us root ourselves in that love and nourish the roots that will sprout into joy. Firstly, joyful people are invariably more thankful people. 
Joy doesn't tend to be associated with people who are cynical, critical or entitled. It sounds bizarre, but over and over again in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were commanded to be joyful. Commanded. They were told to sing, to shout, to give thanks. They had lots of festivals to celebrate different parts of their story. And these were key dates when they remembered all the good things that God done for them. But it wasn't that God needed the ego boost or had the sense of being taken for granted. No, it was for their benefit. It's something I say more or less every year, particularly at harvest. They didn't necessarily need a time to remember their deliverance from Egypt or God's provision and so on. They could have done it any time. But you know what? Unless you set aside a time for it, you'll probably not get round to it. That life will just keep getting in the way. There'll always be something more urgent. Because that's what happens to us all the time we can drift through life when things are going well and not really notice and then trouble comes and it screams for our attention and there's so much that we are blessed with in the ordinary of life in work in love in relationships in beauty in nature in food and drink so many things we can take for granted because they're never really threatened but when we forget to take real pleasure in the simple, ordinary blessings of life, we choke off the roots from which gratitude and joy are nourished. But when we root ourselves in the story of a God who knows us and loves us and is always with us, we become more aware of the good things he brings into our life. Not necessarily grand things or religious or spiritual things, simply the ordinary. And the more we can notice and give thanks for the ordinary blessings of life, and the more we can notice how God has cared for us in them, the more we are doing to nourish the roots for joy to emerge in our lives. But there's another story I want to take you to in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Nehemiah, in chapter 8. The people of Israel have just returned from exile in Jerusalem. And they've started to rebuild the walls of the city and life hasn't been easy. And then the priest starts to read Ezra, is his name. He starts to read them from the Old Testament law. And the people became aware of how they had broken this law and they began to weep and to wail but Nehemiah Ezra and the other say no 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 you're missing the point don't weep and wail celebrate feast for the joy of the Lord is your strength another thing that can choke off joy is shame. We often confuse a couple of words, guilt and shame, but they are different. 
guilt's an objective fact. I did something, normally something wrong. Shame is different. Shame takes that guilt and says, because I did that or because I do that, I'm not worthy of love or acceptance. Guilt is a fact of life. We all mess up. Maybe deliberately, maybe accidentally. Some of us more than others, some of us more often than others, some of us more seriously than others. But we all do it. And God wants us to own our own guilt. Because that's not just part of faith, that's part of being a mature human being. But God doesn't want us to live in shame. Shame is a dreadful motivator and shame will rob us of joy. God wants us to know that we can bring him our guilt and know that we will be loved, welcomed, accepted, healed and forgiven. And that whether or not we feel worthy of his love. God wants us to know his love so much that he sent Jesus into the world for us and Jesus gave his life that we might see, know and experience that love. That we might know that we are known by a God who knows even the worst of us. That we are loved by a God who loves us even at the worst of us. And we are always with a God who will not abandon us even when we feel that that's all we deserve. Guilt is a fact of life. But the more we open ourselves to the love of God, the more we immerse ourselves in that love, the more we become aware of how deeply loved we are, then we can bring our guilt to God, knowing we are accepted. And when that happens, shame loses its grip on us. And the more we nourish those roots, the more joy can start to emerge. But finally, you could argue that this should have come first, but joy doesn't depend on our circumstances. Right at the centre of our Bibles, we find a book called the Psalms. And it literally means the praises. It's the closest thing that Jesus had to a hymn book. But you know what? It looks quite different to our hymn books. For a start, the largest category are what we would call laments. Some of them were communal laments about things that all the people were going through at the same time. Others were a lot more personal about the private struggles that people were facing. And we often talk about trying to forget all that stuff when we come into worship. They didn't. They brought all the pain, the injustice, the doubt, the verbal attacks, the physical assaults, illness. They brought the whole lot to God and they brought it to God honestly. They didn't pretend that it was all fine and try to force themselves to be happy. And God could handle their honesty. God knew them. God loved them. God hadn't forgotten them. Those words... Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. They weren't written in a good place. 
Paul was in a prison chained to a Roman guard. But joy does not depend on circumstances. It is deeper than happiness and celebration. It is rooted in having something which you cannot lose. The love of God. It's rooted in being known by God, loved by God and always with God. And that was what made the Lament Psalms part of their worship because they brought it into the presence of a God who was greater than all the pain they brought and who loved them and welcomed them however they came, just as they were. Joy is a powerful emotion. Those of you who know me will know that at times I have battled depression. And one of the hardest symptoms of that struggle is to is this, is the struggle to find any kind of sense of joy, and it can be really painful when someone comes along and just tells you, "Oh, cheer up and snap out of it," because you'd love to, and you can't. But also, at times, I've learned that the love and welcome of God doesn't hinge on me being able to feel it or find it. And it may need a bit of archaeology, but if I dig down, I might just find traces of it. I might just find roots that can be nourished in time to uncover a joy that helps me endure. Not the exuberant, yay, joy of Ireland scoring a try against the All Blacks. The quiet knowing joy that seeks me in pain, a joy rooted in the knowledge that despite all appearances and everything my mind is telling me, I am known by God, loved by God, and always with God, whether I sense him or not. And when I do that, it enables me to rejoice to come back to joy like all the fruit of the spirit you, you just can't make joy happen not real joy anyway it comes to us as a gift but you can stop it being crushed so take time to notice the good be thankful for even the most ordinary things Acknowledge and own your own guilt. Don't run from it. But know that God can handle it. When you come to God with that guilt, he'll never turn you away. And come with your pain. Don't hide from it. Name it before God. Bring it to God. But know that the God you bring it to can hold it and is greater than it all. And know that you are known, loved and accepted way more than you can ever imagine. However you come, just as you are. And finally, find what brings you into the presence of the Holy. It might be music, it might be art, creation, reading. Find what brings you into the presence of God. What it is that makes you think, yeah, 
This is what it's about. Place yourself in the path of a love that is greater than you, than you can know, stronger than you can know, and will never let you go. Immerse yourself in that love. Let that love fill you. In time, you will come to that deep, deep knowing that you are known by God, loved by God, and always with God. And in time, you'll discover that fruit of the Spirit joy emerging in your life. Grace and peace to you. Amen.